0: Thank you very much for your talk. I was just wondering if you could expand on your definition of secularism and how you understand the secular state, particularly thinking about recent arguments in international relations that secularism has been very heavily influenced by the Judeo-Christian tradition. And so perhaps what we think of as the secular state is not quite as secular as we define it. Well, that's a good insight. Um, and, And that's It's a complicated question, what what do we mean by secularism? In Charles Taylor's uh, magisterial book, The Secular Age, he talks about secular in three different ways. Uh, One is the kind of church and state uh, division, although for most religious traditions throughout history, there has been that division. Uh, In Islam, for example, mullahs have not run the politics of a government, except in Iran. You know, Iran really is a very new kind of phenomenon, even within uh, Muslim politics, where you don't have this kind of situation uh, ordinarily. Uh, so there's there's that. There's there's the secular society, in the sense of the uh, people um, wanting to keep, you know, you know, Christmas trees out of public uh, life, for example, uh, and to make sure that there's no influence of religion in in the workings of of most social functions within. And then there's the third kind of secularism, and that's the secular person. That is the person who kind of, there is something fundamental about the, the way in which they perceive themselves uh, in, in, in the world uh, that has nothing to do with what we perceive as being religion. But all this goes back to what we perceive as being religion, which is why it makes, why it's such a complicated story. This division of the world between things secular and religious is a fairly new phenomenon. It comes out of the Enlightenment in the 18th century. Uh, the, even the word religion is something separate from everything else. is it, a very new thing. And what we think of religion, uh, the associations with spiritual traditions and so forth, and, and customs, were simply a part of the customs and the collective activities of a people before that time. And so now we're dealing with a now we're dealing with the remnants of the consequences of this way of thinking. And I think the consequences of this thinking are often extremes on both sides. Extreme secularism, in in a kind of zealous kind of way, that wants to have nothing to do with any shred of what imagines religiosity to be. And extreme religion. There's no question in my mind that what we think of as fundamentalism and these kind of extreme religious activists are, in a sense, a response to secular fundamentalism, you know, the extreme secularism on the other side. And personally, I would be happier to see the world go back to before the 18th century uh, and, and not have this, uh, these two things in such uh, oppositional kind of categories.
1: Uh, we have time for one more question. Um, go ahead. <clears throat> um, first
0: and by in- the way, I have a, the paper that I have for this uh, presentation is not exactly the same as the one that I gave with the slides and goes much more into the whole idea of the secular uh, in, in the way in which we've just now been talking
1: about it. Uh, first, a very brief comment in relation to your images, in defense of your image of the use of the jihadists. There you are, uh, I've been yep, looking yep. around trying to find where this voice with is With the star from. and the crescent moon, to me that looks very similar to many British illustrations of the Mahdi of Khartoum in Sudan, a Mahdist, um jihadist uprising against the Ottoman state in the 1880s. Um, I would be very surprised if that wasn't what that image was from. So, uh, out of concern for this... Oh, they've gone. Okay. Um, comment. It's become irrelevant. The question. Uh, you seem to give us two topologies, or a topology which uh, gives us religious nationalism on the one hand and religious globalism on the other. Are they your topologies, and what's the significance of the difference between them? Uh, in
0: 1993, when I... Uh wrote um, The New Cold War. Uh, It was religious nationalism confronts the secular state. And there, the kind of religious politics or religious activism seemed to be organized around nationalism, recreating the nation state in in a religious framework. And what struck me as remarkable was that at the end of the Cold War and the rise of globalization, uh, the secular nation state seemed to be weakened from all sides, economically, politically, socially, and perhaps more fundamentally, ideologically. It lost its kind of reason for being, and religion came in at this point in history to, to prop up this old artifact of the, of the, of the nation-state. When I redid this book and rewrote it, and now it's become a whole different book, uh, and it's published now as Global Rebellion, it is global. <laughs> it's, it's the global context. And so there are religious nationalists, but they are also religious transnationalists. And it, it's, it is, in part, the image of the jihadist, uh, the of the al-Qaeda variety. And I tend not to use the word al-Qaeda. I don't want to propagate the notion that there's a single organization. I don't think there ever has been. Um, 9-11 was undertaken primarily by colleague Sheikh Mohammed, Uh, And he's never—he's claimed never to have been a part of al-Qaeda. He's not a a follower of of Osama bin Laden, although they worked together for a while when they were both in Afghanistan. Uh, But there are a lot of different movements in this general umbrella with this imagined war. And I think in, in this imagined global war, they see themselves as transnational actors. And they see a kind of... Their function not just as guerrilla anti-globalists, which they are in one sense, uh, American hegemonic globalism, uh, but as alternative globalists. They have their own kind of, albeit in court, vision of an alternative globalization, a more religious uh, Islamic globalization. So in, in that sense, they are really creatures of the 21st century, and the one Thing that Bush said after 9-11 I, I, I do agree with, and maybe it's the only one, is that this is, you know, a, a kind of a new war for the 21st century. It's a different kind of struggle uh, in that it's imagined globalization to critique and counter uh, what is perceived to be the corruption of a Western American-driven uh, hegemonic globalization.
1: All right, please join me in thanking uh, Professor Triggensmeyer Thank for a wonderful presentation.